Welcome to Urban Planning is Not Boring. I'm Sam. And I'm Nat. Hello and welcome back to Urban Planning is Not Boring. Yay. It's been so long. (laughs) Yeah, we took a little summer break. A little a little rest so that we could acclimate to post-grad life, but now we're back. Yes. Back and ready to roll. Yes. Super exciting. I know that we also have some guests coming up, so really excited about that as well. So don't you worry, guys. We're back into the swing of things. Yeah. So I think last time we had a guest, but we, so just to catch everyone up, we just graduated from grad school in May and it's currently July. So we've had a couple months of of getting used to um, post-grad and we have been doing, we've been on very different wavelengths. Yeah. Nat has started her job. Hey. <laughs> and I have been traveling a little bit and taking a break. Um, I start my job in August. So I took basically three months off between graduating and starting my job. But Nat, Fill us in. How has your job been? Yeah. So I think the most interesting aspect of my job is that I don't really. <laughs> so I'm in private real estate development now. Um, and I think the interesting kind of aspect is that it's so different from urban planning. And so that's kind of a very interesting component for me because coming from an urban planning background, I kind of had this expectation about housing and real estate development that is vastly different from the actual work that I'm doing in my company. But I absolutely love it. And I think I'm learning so much. Um, And for a bit of context, I work, it's a affordable housing development. We do have some market rate units, but the majority of our work is 100% affordable housing and it's um, multifamily housing. Really, really awesome projects that we're on. And originally when I started, I was onboarded um, starting with three projects and I've just been transitioned to a fourth project. So I've been super busy, but I absolutely love what I do. And I just really like the culture of my company. I just think that number one, everybody's so quick to help you when you need it. If you're asking questions, like someone's there to help you no matter who it is. Um, I also like a lot of the, um, the employees that are working there are close to my age. And so I also really like that because I've made a lot of really great friends working there. Um, So it's really cool. And I think also one fear that I had about going into the private sector was like, the hustle culture mm-hmm. and the kind of like, you know, you need to be here from 7 a.m. to like 10 p.m. and it's hustle, hustle, hustle. And, you know, um, and I think that happens often with like consulting work where mm-hmm. I've heard like people who talk about how in consulting work, you just like, because you constantly have to charge your hours to a project, you're like really trying to figure out how to stay on top of like all of your projects. But with this work that I'm doing, it's really not like that. And there's a lot of flexibility and I just really appreciate it. 
Um, and I'm also only five minutes away from my office, which I'm so grateful it worked out that way. Um, so yeah, work's been great. The projects that I'm working on are really cool. I have, um, a few projects up in Northern California. So I've gone and I've been able to travel up there and visit the projects. And then, um, I have one project or two projects actually that are in, um, the Los Angeles area in LA County. So really great work, very excited and just feel like I'm learning a lot. So it's kind of cool because I had the urban planning masters, you know, in housing and real estate development. And now I feel like I'm learning this other side of housing and real estate development from a more practical standpoint. And it's just, and also very much more technical. Um, Mm -hmm. And so it's very, very cool. And I'm just really happy with the way everything's been going. And um, I'm just very grateful. Yeah. So when you said that you have like the urban planning background is the biggest difference, just like actually being like on the ground, like doing that work. Yeah. So I would say like biggest differences when we're kind of conceptualizing urban planning, we're talking about a lot of like theoretical stuff. So it's like when you're a planner, for example, for the city, you're doing a lot of, or like when I was working at Metro, we're doing a lot of very like high level work. So we're overviewing, you know, do we have available and what kind of housing can we put on this land and what's our capacity you know um to like how many units put on this plot and things like that versus on this new side of things it's like from land acquisition to construction we are in charge of everything and so we're, you know, looking at a site and responding to an art, for example, and we're coming up with like the design concept and what we want it to like and what purpose we want it to serve and what function and, you know, who is it going to be for? So is it affordable housing for large families or is it affordable housing for, um, for the formerly home, et cetera. And so I think that's something that, um, that's been like kind of just very different because in urban planning we're constantly kind of considering like how is this going to you know impact others or like the general public on the other side of things in private real estate development yes you're considering how it's going to impact others but your main primary focus is who is this serving and so i think that's like kind of a an interesting distinction and um so i do like it's a lot more technical in the sense of like actually financing the project and learning how to like read a pro forma and really know like what the pro forma means, what the different, like it's, you know, there's, I think like 30 pages on a pro forma of them have a different, like they serve a different purpose. It's like, you know, what are the costs of the project? Who are our lenders? And then all the way to, what the um project going to generate revenue like post construction and so what's the cash flow you know out to x amount of years and so um that's also like a much more technical component that i'm learning about that obviously like in urban planning yeah we took some pro forma classes but it wasn't level and so now i'm actually getting into the specifics of things and so that's been really interesting as well yeah i i definitely feel like in my experience as well, like 
when you like I've learned a lot from working and just like the more like technical side of these different concepts that like you're introduced to in class but it's not like enough you know like it's like a very brief introduction so I'm really happy to hear that you're learning a lot and that you're liking your job and that it's working out well yeah I think like the best example I could give is like when I was master's in urban planning I remember like one of the very first classes I took um for housing was discussing like the theory of filtering and Sam and I just brought this up on a um on one of our podcasts when we talked about the the concept of filtering and so you learn about a lot of very theoretical concepts in urban planning but in you know the work that I'm doing day to day we don't you know talk about these kinds of concepts it's not we're really like it's very straightforward. It's we bought this piece of land or we own this piece of land. Want to build housing on it? How many units can we put on it? You know, how is it going to financially work itself? How do we do those calculations? You know, how are we going to get the lender? How are we going to get the private equity investor? And then for designed and what is it going to look like? And how are we going to have to go through, you know, for example, like you do have that you're permitting and you know all of the things and you have to hire general contract contractors and so it's like all of these different elements that are so just cut and dry they're black and white mm-hmm. and I honestly I think I really like that um you know I love urban planning obviously and I'm so grateful that I went and I got my degree in urban planning I do think though, in my, for like work and a job, I think this is perfect for me because I do really like things where it's like the answer is yes or no. Right. And, or there's like, you know, something that you can do to get to the end result that you're looking for. Whereas Mm -hmm. like sometimes in urban planning it, because it is so high level and a lot of it comes from theory. It's like, you know, there's, there's certain things where you know, they're not as cut and dry. And so sometimes that's like kind of things that I struggle with. And then also Mm -hmm. I do think the private sector is just much more fast paced. And I think I, I thrive in conditions like that. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I'm so happy with where I ended up Yeah, and I'm just really grateful. Like at the end of the day, I'm super grateful. Yeah. I feel like we both had those experiences in the public sector where it was like, we didn't like the work was obviously like very, very important. And I could see myself at some point in life, probably going back to the public sector. But at this point when I'm like new and I'm eager and I want to learn, and it's just like a really exciting place to be like in the public, in the private sector, excuse me, when you know, you're working with cities, but you're also working with private developers and you're also working with, you know, like nonprofits and you're teaming with a lot of different people and different firms. And so I feel like that's like a really exciting part of it as well. Exactly. Yeah, it's just it's been great and I think what's interesting too is like a lot of folks that I work with have such vastly different backgrounds mm-hmm. and that's also really cool just like meeting people and you know there are folks who got their degree in like um in public administration and but they're working in private real estate development and it's like how did they get here like what what was that you know path forward and so that's kind of like what you and I are always talking about with how did you come into urban planning it's like 
There's also, I think in private real estate development, I always had the concept of like, oh, you, you know, got your degree in real estate development or you went to schooling for this, but a lot of it is not that way at all. And so um, that's also been really interesting, just kind of meeting the different people and understanding like how they got into this field. Mm -hmm. And it's just really cool. I really love it. Uh, Just, I'm very happy. The one like difficult thing has been like since moving, just kind of finding a new routine being Mm -hmm. in Los Angeles and living alone now it's been Mm -hmm. very different and I'm trying to kind of navigate that and so you know that's been a little bit more challenging but I'm you know learning and kind of figuring out how I want to you know go about my day or how my day can be structured so Mm -hmm. that I can be like the most efficient person that I want to be and so if that looks going to the gym at like five o'clock in the morning, then I'm doing that. And I did that this morning. And honestly, I feel great. So I'm learning. I'm like trying to figure that aspect out and it's been difficult, but like I'm getting through it and I'm really happy. Yeah. I have definitely had to adjust as well. Um, I went from living in LA to moving home in the Bay area with my parents, which has definitely been an adjustment. Um, I moved home pretty much right after graduation in May and kind of settled in there. And then pretty quickly after that, started traveling. And I went with my mom and my sister on a trip for like a week to French Polynesia. And then after that, probably like a week and a half or two weeks after that, I then traveled to Europe and I was there for, I was in Europe and then New York for about three weeks. And then I came home for a couple of days and now I'm in LA again. So it's been really hectic, but I've been trying to like slow down and just appreciate the time off that I do have right now, because I've been kind of in this space where I know that in a month I'm going to start working and like probably be working for like not probably like we'll be working for like the foreseeable future. And, you know, it's, I'm just really trying to slow down and like appreciate the break that I'm having because a lot of people don't have like the luxury of, you know, taking a break. And it is helpful definitely that I'm like living at home. So I don't have rent and I have really cut my expenses down. And so I don't have to necessarily have an income right now, but it has been really, really nice to have a break. Yeah. And I'm honestly so happy for you. And I know that like just in the conversations, like private conversations that you and I have had, it's been like so different for us because I started working a week after we graduated. (laughs) And I, it was funny because in conversation with like, some of the folks that were working for the company that I applied at, they were like, oh, you can, you know, we're very flexible about your start time. And then I remember as soon as I got the job, um, the hiring manager or the hiring vice president, she was like, okay, so can you start like May 31st? I was like, oh, okay, for sure. So I just remember like I graduated and then the next week I moved and then the next week I started work. And it was honestly the fastest transition. And so when I say 
like value this time that you <laughs> Because I love getting to like vicariously live through you and watch all of you, like your traveling videos and stuff. I'm just so, I'm so happy for you. And I know that like, for me, I don't have any regrets about when I started. I'm happy to work and I love my job, Yeah. Um, but I definitely, you know, maybe could have used like a couple of weeks, but I do have some vacations and stuff planned in the, in the upcoming months that I'm really looking forward to. So, you know, it's all just like, it's this really interesting period for the both of us, but value this time, Sam. <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna be great. Yeah. And it, it, I know you've been having so much fun, and that kind of like leads us into the discussion that we really wanted to have today, which is number one, just updating you guys on what we've been doing, but also Sam was invited to this amazing conference. Um, I believe you you had to apply for it, right? Yeah, the the normal conference you can just buy a ticket, but I applied to um a special kind of like cohort called the Young Leaders program, which um I had heard about through a friend who did it last year and was, you know, telling me about the experience that she had and how much it like impacted her and made um her eventually now she lives in Europe. So, you know, it was really formative for her. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to apply and see what happens. I honestly didn't really think that I would get it. And then I did. And I it felt like an opportunity that I really didn't want to like, let pass me by. Um, so that was definitely like my biggest expense was like getting myself to Europe and like, going to this conference, but I'm so glad I did. Like, I think it was definitely worth, definitely worth it. hundred percent. And so Sam applied for this conference. I remember reading through her application while <laughs> we were in school. I think we were in, well, we were in between classes and she was like, can you read this really quick? And like, let me know if I should change anything. And I remember reading the application and I was so excited. And I just like, I knew that you were going to get in. And then I remember when you did get in and it was just this really like exciting moment. So Sam went to Europe for this conference and it's very closely related, very urban planning centric. And so mm -hmm. I, I think this is like a great opportunity for us to kind of talk about like where you went and what you did and what you learned and, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of like do a deep dive about that experience. Um, because although I was keeping up on Instagram, I obviously wasn't there. So like, I didn't really know, you know, exactly what was going on at these conferences or at these seminars that you were attending. So I think me and everybody listening would probably love to hear about that experience. Yeah. So it's called urban future conference. Um, and it is, held every year in a different place in a different city in Europe. Um, this year it was in Stuttgart, Germany, which it was really interesting because Stuttgart is a smaller city and is kind of known for auto manufacturing. Like there's like a Mercedes museum. And um, so it was a mobility focused conference in, in like a broad overview. Um, and it was interesting that they had Mercedes-Benz as like a sponsor and they were on some of the panels because that's like, you know, obviously an auto manufacturer. Um, but 
I think it was more a, a way for Mercedes to one, like learn about kind of what's going on outside of just like the single occupancy vehicle and also to kind of make their case for what they're doing to kind of um, urban, like help urban areas that maybe want to move away from the single occupancy vehicle. I don't know. It was really interesting that they were there. Um, but so the conference, yeah, it's in Europe. It is a really big focus on like urbanism, obviously, and then like sustainability, which is kind of like where I see myself in within like the niche of urban planning is like the sustainability side. That's like what drew me to that. And I was part of the Young Leaders Program, which is a cohort of a. this year is about 60 people um, from all over the world. I was the only person there that was currently living in the U.S., but there were um, some other people from the U.S. that were living in Germany. And the first day of the conference for us was Tuesday of the week. And then the normal conference was like Wednesday through Friday. And on Tuesday, we did a lot of like leadership type sessions about, you know, like how to tell your story and like kind of finding your place within like this really big field, which was really, I think, helpful for me to hear because obviously like I'm just getting started and I don't really see myself yet as a leader in my workplace, but it was good to have like some context of like, this is what a leader can look like. And like learning from experiences of having other people as like a project manager or like a superior that I can kind of learn from. And so I really appreciated that, um, like that first day. And then Wednesday through Friday was like, or Wednesday and Thursday were a bunch of sessions that you could pick from. And there were like different tracks of the conference. So it could be you know, like you could do a more mobility focus or you could do one that was about leadership or one that was about like retrofitting buildings and having like, you know, different energy futures, which is also very important. Um, but I just kind of wanted to give some of my takeaways from the conference in all, like those two days where we were going to sessions. I went to some really great ones. Um, so I went to a fireside chat with Gil Penalosa, who was the, um, he is from Bogota, Colombia. And I think we had read about him in our design, in like a design book. Yeah, he did. That was the, um, the discussion about his kind of um, huge campaign to make biking a bigger part of city life yeah yeah I remember that was what um Kevin yeah assigned us wasn't it yes. like happy yes. city was yeah. that the book yes. yeah yeah so I went to a fireside chat with him which was really cool because I had heard of him before and I like really wanted to like talk to him and have a chance to meet him and he basically talked about how like Every city needs its own central park. He's really big on green space, really big on like active living and how that can like lead to community and healthy cities. And, you know, he was talking about how pedestrian oriented green spaces are like critical to not only physical health, but mental health. And that 30 to 40% of public space in cities is dedicated to roads and cars, which is crazy to think about, but that's just like so much pavement. And so that kind of led him into what Natalie was just referencing, which is like his open streets programs, which is where 
during certain days of the week. There are certain streets that are only open to pedestrians and cyclists. And so it really changes the paradigm from like a car centered street and a car centered city to one that's open to pedestrians and safer and like more welcoming. And so I think obviously the big question is like how to get there. And that's something that I don't think anyone really has the answer to yet. I think that that's a great start. And so it was really interesting to like hear from him directly about the challenges that he had with like cars, like people with cars, like not wanting that to happen or like just like political challenges. Um, But yeah, I think that was a really great experience. And I'm really like feel lucky that I was able to like sit in like there's only like 10 people in the room. So it's like a very intimate. I love that conversation. Yeah. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. I just like, <clears throat> I think about that all the time. Number one, like after reading the Happy City assignment from our urban design class and kind of learning about the emphasis that he put or like the priority that he wanted to put on cycling and walking as opposed to private vehicle use. And the mm-hmm. fact that it went as far as you know, essentially banning cars Mm -hmm. for, you know, in certain places. And then wasn't it that for an entire day they would ban cars, right? I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what we read about was like for one entire day, cars were not, you were not allowed to drive anywhere. And I thought that was really cool because, you know, not only are you saying like, as, especially as somebody who is a political leader, not only are you saying like, this is a priority I want, but like, you're really actually putting that into action and that, that I really love. And so what an amazing experience to actually get to talk to somebody who, you know, um, who was involved in, in something as, as grand as that in, and Colombia is, you know, such a beautiful place. And I actually, um, I had a friend who was from Colombia and he was telling me about how, like one of his favorite things growing up was like watching, um, like younger kids, like playing in the streets and, you know, playing soccer and just kind of like interacting in spaces. And I was telling him that was like one of my most favorite things growing up when I was uh, staying in Jordan with my dad, when I would go visit my family out in Jordan. And I feel like that's not really something that you can do out here in the United States. And we've talked about this on the podcast when we had our, our guest um, from studio 111. And, yeah, you know, I, I think that the, the concept over here. I know that the intention is set that, you know, we really want to start creating walkable spaces in areas like Los Angeles and LA County. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I know that we do it in some facet, you know, there are a lot of like spaces in which cars are not allowed, but Mm -hmm. I just, it's not as at like the scale that I wish it was, but it's just so cool. Like hearing people who can share the experiences of like what their intention was and how they Mm -hmm. went about making sure that, you know, it actually happened like they did and and all of that so I think that's great yeah no it was it was a really great um talk with him um and then there was another session that I went to there's a couple that were about gendered experiences with transportation which obviously we have talked um about with Meghna Connor from Metro but um there was one about how to break men's toxic relationships with their cars and (laughs) That was really interesting because um, obviously like in the States or like, I guess uh, in LA, um, you know, uh, almost everyone, not almost everyone, but many, many people have a car. Mm -hmm. And I think that there is some level of like, you know, 
feeling like success if you have a car. And Mm. I think it was really interesting to hear about, you know, I don't know, there's like this weird phenomena, I guess, where like men particularly want like the big car, the fast car, the like, you know, whatever. And it's like, there's a lot of like a sense of like masculinity that comes from having, you know, a car that whatever. It was just really interesting because I hadn't really thought about like, I obviously had thought about how women ride transit because that's kind of what I'm like interested in. But then it's like, yeah, how do we like shift the narrative of like car equals like success and like strong and whatever to like, yeah, you can kind of use other like cycling, for example, like a lot of, you know, I don't know. It was really interesting. That is a very interesting concept. And then I also, I remember um, there was also some discussion and I can't remember if we were talking to Megna about this or if I read this somewhere, but like the gendered experiences of travel and the fact that, you know, typically in like the most traditional role or like if we're talking about like gender roles, we can even see that kind of come to play with transportation because, if you're in a household in which you only have one vehicle, you can see that in certain households um, that are kind of aligned with like standard gender roles, the man mm-hmm. who is considered like head of household and the the primary provider who goes to work uses the car while right. the woman who maybe is the homemaker and takes care of the children will take transportation um, if they need to get around, if there's only mm-hmm. one vehicle in the household. And so that's also really interesting, like when kind of examining gender roles yeah. um, and, you know, who is driving a car versus, yeah. you know, taking transportation. And so I think that's super cool. I'm glad that that was like a discussion that they had. I've yeah. never really heard about like the kind of this concept kind of framed as like the, you know, like men's toxic relationships with vehicles. Yeah interesting i mean obviously i know like you can see it in like just the fact that oh he's a car guy or he's this or he's but it's like i also feel like that requires you to have enough money to buy a really nice car and so yeah yeah, i can kind of understand like that being the you know success component is Mm -hmm. like not only do i have this really fast fancy car but like in order to to have had this vehicle like yeah, I obviously have the money to pay for it. So then, yeah, there's right. that element of like, oh, I'm successful. So that's really right. interesting, like to frame it like that. But I do believe, yes, like there is a kind of culture or like societal kind of recognition of like, mm-hmm. oh, if she drives a Mercedes or if he drives a, you know, a BMW, like that is like a status, you know, right. kind of symbol. And so that's really, that's kind of interesting that they framed it or that they even like, propose that kind of concept to be discussed I I like that yeah um and then just like a lot of people throw around this term of like a car free city and that was kind of like talked about a lot and in this one session this woman um who used to I believe she used to work in France or she was from France and worked in Germany but she was like I don't want to live in a car free city Like, I want to have an option. If I have a child 
who like has a disability or if I need an ambulance, like I want the option that's just about being creative with our mobility options, providing those, ensuring that there are car free alternatives that are accessible and competitive. But like she said, like cars are not the enemy, but they shouldn't be the first or most convenient option. And I was like, yeah, because there are definitely instances where you need a car. Like if you are in an emergency, you want there to be an ambulance or a fire truck or whatever. Like they're, and, and they're not going to go away. Like that is an unrealistic expectation that, that we just won't have cars. 100%. 100%. And I really love whoever that was that brought that up because <laughs> I think that, I mean, you and I hear this all the time and we talk about this all the time. It's like, what is with this like vast extreme? Like mm-hmm. it, we can only develop affordable housing and nothing else, or we right. can only have like alternative modes, no more cars. Like let's get rid of cars. Cars are the enemy, blah, 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 yeah. like whatever it is. And it's like, can we really start being realistic yeah. and acknowledging that there is absolutely no way we are not going to have cars around? And also right. why would we want that in the first place like there are there is a significant benefit to a vehicle if i'm for instance you know let's say i'm running late one day for work like very very late and i'm i miss my bus it's really nice to have the option of having an alternative like most i can either use my private vehicle and go or i can get an uber right and it's so much like I don't know. It's just like the, the concept that so many people make. And you and I had talked about this one time and I'll never forget this. It was like, we hadn't just started the podcast, but we had, we were in like, you know, some, this, this was the more like recent, it was a recent, not recent, sorry. It was a, an earlier episode. And Mm -hmm. we had talked about how we needed the car or I'm sorry, we needed alternative modes of transportation that were competitive with the car. Yeah. And I remember this one person on social media was like, why is it like a competition, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I don't, I'm not meaning like that competing with one another. What I mean is that we need to make sure that whatever alternative option we're proposing, Mm -hmm. if I can get to the car by car, if I could get somewhere in 20 minutes in that alternative mode, I could get there relatively at the same time. Right. And I just like, don't like that. There's this kind of like, you know, everybody wants to argue about it all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why are we arguing? Because that's not going to get us anywhere. Right. I'm going to start having like realistic conversations about what we actually can do. Because Mm -hmm. if you actually believe that we could bulldoze all our freeways and say, bye, bye car forever, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Unfortunately, like that's just not the way that's not the way the world works, unfortunately. Um, and so I love that that was a conversation that was brought up. I love that she proposed that conversation. And you and I have talked to people that specifically have have made comments about like, you know, if I am disabled and I have, you know, like and there's a, a set of circumstances in which like I can't use public transportation mm-hmm. or I can't use like the alternate. I can't bike right. or, you know, whatever the case that's also really important to recognize. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I think that's so cool. And I just, and now I, I wish I went. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
Yeah, it was, I, I'll tag her name in the description because I don't have it right in front of me um, and I can't remember it off the top of my head. The last kind of takeaway or like funny kind of night, and excuse my language, but this is the language that they use. The last night we had what was called the fuck up night. And it's basically an opportunity for leaders from different cities to talk about times where they fucked up. They had a, they made a mistake in work and they were like, it was not the end of the world. We bounced back. Like, this is how, what we did, like, this was the mistake. And, you know, the, like, I'm, I'm still employed. Like, don't like, it was kind of a good opportunity because a lot of times people just want to celebrate the successes, which absolutely we should do. But it's also nice to hear like, okay, people have made mistakes and they're still like, fine. Like they're still doing the work that they want to do. And this one woman who was from Finland was talking about how she was in charge of kind of their climate action plan and kind of talking about all the different mistakes that she had made in terms of like, there wasn't enough things that were like quantifiable. And then like the goals that they had um, written in the climate action plan weren't really aligned with the actions that were being taken. And so it was hard to kind of tell what was being successful. And then out of all of these goals, only like six were able to be quantified and like successful. So it was like a good learning experience where she was like, you know, make sure that your goals are exactly aligned with the actions that you're proposing and make sure that they're quantifiable and make sure that you're not overboard and have a hundred goals because you're not going to be able to, you know, achieve all of those, like be selective. And it was just a really, I think, good opportunity to see like, okay, we're going to make mistakes. We're all young and new and whatever, and that's okay. And so I think that that was like a nice ending to the conference because obviously you hear about all these cities that are doing really great work and all the people are talking about like, yeah, we did this and we did this. And then it was really funny. Like all of the speakers were funny and kind of just you know, getting up there and laying it all out on the table. Um, and so that was like definitely a highlight of that experience for sure. And I also think, like you said, although you're not in a leadership role yet, it's still really good to immerse yourself in that space if that's a goal that you have. Yeah. And I know for you, like I have no doubt in my mind that you will be leading in one way or another in the future. And so I think like, that's just such a great experience for you to have had. Mm-hmm. And I'm just really, I'm really excited for you. And I'm really happy for you. And I'm really glad that you got to go. I also think like the element of just being able to travel and stay in a different country is also yeah. such an amazing experience. And so I just think that's so cool. Yeah, it was really, and I like met so many people from all over the world. And I think having that, like, not only like going to the conference and, you know, hearing all of the sessions, but just like meeting other young people who are in the field. And like, there were designers and there were people in housing, there were people in transportation and people in like economic development. Like there was all sorts of people doing all sorts of things and not everyone was in urban planning specifically and not everyone had that background in school. And so it was really cool to just like meet people. And now I feel like if I, you know, I'm traveling again and I know someone who's in a, you know, in a place that I'm going, I can, you know, ask them for recommendations or meet up. And I think that that's really something that I like one of the other highlights was just like meeting all the people that came to Germany for this event. 
if I've learned one thing from going to USC, which I learned a lot more than one, but (laughs) big one is that networking and the network that you have is insane. Mm -hmm. Like it can connect you to so many different opportunities and places that you could have never imagined. And so I do think that that's really great. And like you said, it's not even about cultivating professional relationships. You can also cultivate personal relationships that can, you know, really benefit you in the long run. Um, And so I think that's truly so important. And you and I talk about that all the time is like, don't enter a space and just like, go because you're like, oh, I'm going to go to this conference to learn from the speakers or whatever. Also, like, make sure you're talking to people that are there or make sure you're getting to know folks and like know where they're from and like what work they're doing. And, you know, because that opens so many other doors and so many different opportunities. And I think that's just like one such an important aspect of like anybody's experience, whether it's you know, you're in the professional space or whether you're still in school or, you know, whatever the case may be. So mm-hmm. I think that's great. And yeah, I'm, I don't know, next year, let's go to another conference. <laughs> well, next year it's in Rotterdam in the Netherlands. Okay. Beautiful. So we're going um, to the- Yeah. And uh, I would love to go again. They have like um, Young Leaders Academy, which is kind of for the alumni of Young Leaders Program. But to do this, all you have to do is be under 30. So like anyone who is interested in going to Europe and going to this conference and you're under 30, you can definitely apply. The application is not open yet, but I think it will open around December. So. Yeah, I think it was definitely worthwhile, especially if you have any inkling that you might want to move to Europe at some point. Yeah. Um, Literally me every day. I'm like, I could live. I could just go to Paris right now. Yeah. And that's where (laughs) and that's where I was before. (laughs) Which is so exciting. And so how was your how was your trip to Paris? Um, it was so lovely. I stayed with my cousin who lives there and it was really great to like see him. And I have, I don't see him all the time because he, you know, lives between New York and Paris. Um, so it was really great. And Paris has like, I think rather recently developed like a pretty robust bike infrastructure. So there's rental bikes everywhere and they're all e-bikes and so it's really easy to get around and there's completely separated bike lanes in a lot of the major parts of the city like the touristy areas and the more populated areas so there's like a curb almost that separates the bike lanes from cars so like you feel very safe and protected right which is awesome and I took my friend who visited as well and I like we biked all around and, you know, neither of us are like particularly talented cyclists, but we navigated it very well and easily. And it was really, honestly, a really pleasant experience. That's awesome. Um, yeah. So that is definitely something that I took away too. It's like, ugh, how do we have safe bike lanes for like, not only the cyclists, but like people who are walking and like, how do we have the street work for everyone? And I feel like from what I saw of Paris, they are doing a pretty good job about having, you know, sidewalk, bike, like fully protected bike lane, parked car, and then cars, That's um, awesome. which was really cool. Yeah. That's 
Amazing. And honestly, that's like the other great thing about being in places like Europe is you can also see what they're doing, Mm -hmm. you know, in respect to urban planning and kind of the way that they're, you know, planning for cities, building cities, what, you know, what the infrastructure looks like and Mm -hmm. can kind of give you ideas or concepts that maybe we're not, we don't have over here yet, or we haven't. And so, yeah, I think that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So overall, I've been having a great time on my break. I love that. And now we're going to go next year together. Yeah. Oh, so exciting. I just love that. So stay tuned. We are back. Yes. (laughs) It's going to be, gosh, we, Sam and I are definitely going to um, you know, sit down together and brainstorm. I'm so excited because I get to see Sam in person this week since she's in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, so at dinner, we'll definitely like go over, you know, some ideas for what we want to bring forward, you know, in the future for the podcast and, you know, episode ideas and stuff. And we would also love like, you know, me and Sam are really appreciate all of your guys's feedback and, um, just, the ideas that you guys have or what you want to learn about or what you want to hear about. And so please feel free to just reach out with like concepts that you're interested in learning more about or hearing more about, or if there's something we've talked about in the past and you want us to continue discussing it, you know, just let us know. Um, and that way we can kind of plan accordingly for, you know, guest features and for other podcast topics that just Sam and I will discuss one-on-one. So also, check out our article in Plan Edison. Like, I'm sorry, what the heck? <laughs> I have the funniest story about that. I was in my all staff meeting um, and one of our executive vice presidents, I was sitting next to him and he was like, hey, um, your podcast was in an article recently. And I was like, oh, like the USC article. And he was like, no. He was like, it was in this, um, he was like, man, I can't remember what the name of it was. He was like, but I was going through and I was just like reading. I don't remember. Like, I think he said he was like scrolling through like news articles and he was like, and I saw it. And, um, he was like, it, it was really cool. And they did like a play off of, um, USC's article. Like they, um, they were discussing that article as well. And I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And then the next like couple days later, you had told me like, we were featured in this article and I was like, what? That's insane. So I love that. I'm very happy. Yeah. I I did not expect that at all. Plan Edison's kind of like the hub of planning news. So look at us, look at us go. Um, so yeah, check that out. It's in the link in our bio on Instagram, but I think we can, I think we can close out. Um, Thanks for listening. Thanks for coming back. And we will be back next week with a probably more planning focused topical episode. Absolutely. Going to be super, super fun. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope that you enjoyed this episode of Urban Planning is Not Boring. If you did, please remember to send us to your friends and follow us uh, wherever you get your podcasts. 
And remember guys, urban planning is not boring. No, it is not. <laughs>